the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Bob Bernie Live. Looking at today's news through a biblical worldview. Thank you and welcome back to Bob Bernie Live. Um, I'm going to do something today that I did yesterday in this last half hour. To share some things from Scripture with you. One of the more common comments that I get from our audience is, Bob, I wish you did more teaching. And, hey, that's my thing. I would rather teach, preach, than do anything else. But the format of this program is looking at current events from a biblical point of view, and that's what we do. But I love it when we can just set aside all of the politics and current events and just look into the Word of God for a few minutes. And we're going to do that today. Uh, But first, I just want to remind you, um, I will be down in Logan, Ohio tonight at 7 p.m. at the Shepherd of the Valley Church. Shepherd of the Valley Church in Logan uh, tonight and tomorrow night. Finishing up a four-day revival. We've had wonderful services Sunday morning, Sunday night, last night, and uh, now tonight, 7 o'clock. And uh, if you live somewhere close to Logan, hey, you got plenty of time to make it by 7 o'clock. Hey, if I can make it by 7, you can make it by 7. Anyway, hope to see uh, several of you tonight. Shepherd of the Valley Church in Logan tonight at 7 o'clock and uh, tomorrow at 7 o'clock as well. If you have a Bible handy, and I realize many of you in your car, you're driving and you can't read, but if you have a Bible handy, grab it and turn to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. In the second half of this chapter, we find one of the strangest stories in all the Bible. Seriously, one of the strangest, weirdest, most bizarre stories in all of the Bible. Now, before we get to that, let me let me lay out the context here. Uh, Luke 24, the chapter begins with, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared. It's talking about the women that came to the tomb on that first day. Easter Sunday morning, they had no intention of finding an empty tomb, in spite of the fact that Jesus had told them over and over and over again, hey, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to be arrested, tried, convicted, I'm even going to be killed, I'm going to be buried, but it's okay, on the third day we'll rise again. Jesus told the disciples and the women who followed him at least a dozen times to expect an empty tomb on the third day. None of them did. None of the women. And so they came to the tomb. They found it empty and so on. And you remember the story. 
And then they went back and told the disciples, and the disciples went, whoa, whoa, no, no, no. And then in verse 12, then arose Peter, ran unto the sepulcher, and Peter then discovered the empty tomb. That brings us to the second half of the chapter. And in order to get the context, allow me to read, please, verses 13 to 32. We're in Luke chapter 24. And behold, two of them, two of the disciples of Jesus, not the original 12, but two disciples. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus. Now, they were shocked. They were confused. They were hearing these comments, the tomb is empty, Jesus has raised from the dead. They didn't know whether to believe it or not. And two of the guys said, hey, let's go take a hike. Let's uh, let's walk over to Emmaus, which is about seven and a half miles away from Jerusalem. Verse 14, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass, while they communed together in reason, Jesus himself drew near. This is the resurrected Jesus. Jesus drew near and went with them, but their eyes were holden, blinded, that they should not know him. And he said unto them, what manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and and you're sad? Hey, don't tell me the Bible does not have humor, okay? Jesus says, hey, how come you guys are so sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, Jesus said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And I love this. Jesus says to them, What things? I I absolutely love that. These guys say to Jesus, Haven't you heard about the things that happened in Jerusalem? And Jesus says, Oh, something happened? What things? And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Now, at that point, these guys should have said, oh, wait a minute, third day, third day. What did Jesus tell us about the third day? Nope, nope, nope. They missed it completely. Verse 22, yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early in the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them, which were with us, went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And Hey, when I get to heaven, I'm checking out this DVD. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh into the village, whither they went. And he made as though he would have gone further, but they constrained him, saying, No, no, abide with us, for it's toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went into tarry with them, and it came to pass... As he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. 
And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the Scriptures? Now, my friend, you got to admit, that is a bizarre story. And here is the thing I want you to see. You ready? It is possible to be in the very presence of Jesus and not even know it. These guys were walking and talking with Jesus, the resurrected Christ, and they didn't even know it. Even when Jesus began to expound to them all of the prophecies in the Bible, all the way from Genesis to the end of the Old Testament, he must have rehearsed to them Isaiah 53 and Isaiah 7 and Isaiah 9 and Psalm 22 and all the verses that prophesied Jesus, and they still didn't see him. Here's the point. It is possible to be in the presence of Jesus and not know it. Now, how is that possible? How is it possible? Well, I am very glad you asked that question. Because we're coming up on a break here in just a few seconds. And when we come back from the break, I want to share with you from this text, Luke 24, how you can be in the very presence of Jesus and not even know it, because it is possible that right now, today, you are in the presence of Jesus, and you don't even realize it. Hang tight. Stay with me. I'll be right back. Talk radio that makes a difference. Makes a difference. This is Bob Bernie Live. Hey, welcome back to Bob Bernie Live. And these last few minutes of the program today, I'm sharing some thoughts from Luke chapter 24. And this statement, it is possible to be in the presence of Jesus and not even know it. Well, how? Well, I promised before the break I would tell you how. Well, here's the first thing I want you to see. It is possible to be in the presence of Jesus and not know it when you exalt circumstances above the promises of God. Now, as I mentioned before, Jesus had repeatedly, and I mean repeatedly, sat down his disciples, his followers, and he went through it over and over again. Hey, guys, listen. Hey, gals, the girls, the women, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, and when I am there, I'm going to be arrested I'm going to be tried. I'm going to be convicted. I am going to be killed. I'm going to be buried, but it's okay because on the third day, I will rise again. But you see, the circumstances flew in the face of the promises of God. Because it is one thing for Jesus to tell the disciples and his followers, hey, When they kill me, don't worry about it because I'm going to rise again. It is one thing to say that and to hear that, but that's an impossibility. People don't rise from the dead. When you're dead, you're dead. That's it. It's over, at least humanly speaking. And so these two guys, we know the name of one of them, Cleopas. We don't know the name of the other one. I am certain they had been there when Jesus was crucified. They saw him die. They saw him taken off of the cross, and they knew where he was buried. Now, that was fact. That was something that they could see and 
That's something that they could understand because it's something that they could experience. But the promises of God, the promises of God contradicted what seemed to be possible and reasonable. And my friend, often, we have the promises of God on one hand and we have circumstances on the other. And we look at the promises of God and then we look at the circumstances and our human nature is far more prone to believe the circumstances than the promises of God. I would imagine that I'm speaking to someone right now who is experiencing circumstances that are in direct contradiction to the promises of God. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. All things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Now, wait a minute. How could this possibly work together for good? When you are faced with circumstances that seem to contradict the word of God, we often choose the circumstances rather than the promises of God And when that happens, we can be in the very presence of Jesus. In fact, he is using those impossible circumstances to draw us closer to himself. He is there. He wants to embrace us in the middle of those impossible circumstances. But we focus our attention on the circumstances, and we miss the presence of Jesus as these two guys did as they walked to Emmaus. But here's the second way that we can be in the presence of Jesus and not know it. When we ignore the clear teaching of Scripture. When we ignore the clear teaching of Scripture. In verse 25, Jesus said to these two guys, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? Beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them and all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Now, we're not told all of the references that Jesus used, but I am absolutely positive. He used Isaiah 53. The wonderful prophetic references to Jesus coming as the suffering lamb, the lamb of God, who was slain for the sins of the world. He told them that he was bruised for their iniquities. Jesus is reminding them of verses of Scripture that they had probably heard since they were children, that the Messiah would come as a suffering lamb, and he would die for the sins of the people, and they still didn't get it. They still didn't get it. It is so easy to take the teaching of the Word of God for granted. We've read it. We've heard it over and over and over again. We know the verses by by memory, but we don't claim them. We don't make them our own. In this particular case, Jesus himself the greatest teacher that ever walked this planet, Jesus himself taught them the prophecies 
about himself. And they still didn't see him. Many people know the word, hear the word, and yet the word of God no longer has any effect on them. I think that's a case of many people who have been raised in the church. As I was, I was taken to church from when I was a tiny little baby. People have heard thousands and thousands of sermons, and they begun to take it for granted. And they hear sermons that no longer have any effect on their heart. Or they're reading their Bible out of rote because they made a commitment to, I'm going to read my Bible through in one year or whatever. And they're reading it simply out of obedience, but not out of passion. And complacency sets in. Let me ask you an honest question. When was the last time that you were shaken to your core by a sermon that you heard or a portion of Scripture that you read? Have you ever been brought to tears just by reading God's Word and it touched your heart in such a deep, powerful way? John 8.32 says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Listen, it is the truth that you know that sets you free. And ultimately, it's a heart issue. I go back to verse 25. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart. So the first point I want you to see is it is possible to be in the very presence of Jesus and not know it. But here's the second thing. Jesus is waiting for your invitation. Here's what I mean by that. His desire for communion is never in question, but yours is. I'm running out of time, but in verses 28 to 29, it says that after they got to Emmaus, they were going to turn into an inn. They were going to get something to eat. And Jesus would have kept on going. And they said, no, 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 you come and abide with us. Listen. If they had not requested that he join them, he would have kept walking. Maybe Jesus is waiting for your invitation for communion. Come, Lord Jesus. I want to spend some time with you today. Come, Lord Jesus. Just you and I, let's spend some time together. Jesus is waiting for your invitation And let me repeat, his desire for communion is never in question, but often yours is. And finally and quickly, his presence was made known in the breaking of bread. That's the word of God, the word of God. I wish we had more time. One of the more strange, bizarre stories in Scripture, but it proves that Jesus wants to have communion with you and with me but he's waiting for your response. Hey, have a great, great evening, but please remember whose you are. Listen. Listen. Think. Think. Discern. Discern. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.